Hello everyone, thanks for joining in. I am Shubha Kankaria and welcome to episode 6 of Dastai Rahi. It is a travel talk where you get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. So our today's guest is the face behind the blog called Travel Rope. She started with writing on Tumblr and then eventually built up her own blogging website. She has been to more than 15 countries exploring amazing places and having incredible experiences. Today, she's going to share her stories from Japan, Africa and Himalayas. So guys, without any further delay, let's get on board Surya Raju. Hi Surya, welcome to Dastai Rahi. I'm so excited to have you for the talk. Hey Shubha, thank you for having me here and to all those who are listening to us, right? So thank you so much for being part of this conversation. So let's begin with the talk. Um, so tell me how traveling happened to you and what is the essence of traveling for you? Um, so first and foremost, you know, Shubha, so it started about like eight years ago. So I used to anyway travel with my parents, you know, mostly within India is what we usually travel. But I think yeah. eight years ago is when, you know, we started like uh, picking up travel like more seriously and probably started exploring more. So that's how it started. So initially it was more of why don't I just start penning down some of those memories, right? So all of these amazing experiences, I thought, okay, let me just write somewhere. And it was Tumblr that I started uh, putting all my thoughts together, my experiences and everything. So after maybe like a couple of months, I felt, okay, why not, you know, just thank you for having your own website and, you know, perhaps uh, share my advice. Right? So started as that, wherein, you know, I'm just going on my own but uh, you know I was collaborating with a lot of other folks and then a lot of other folks were also reaching out to me for all of these guest posts and you know that's how you know travel group evolved and that part, you know I also have a series called Inspire Me where you know I've been talking to people who have been so inspirational just to understand you know what keeps them going what is it that takes them and everything you know around that so that's how travel on uh, and around for about like seven to eight years now well that's an interesting journey so moving on i was going through your blogs and got to know that you have traveled solo as well so tell us how those solo journeys has been for you yes so it's been quite interesting i should say when i go solo um it's been to some of the most interesting places i would say at least in my Experience. And so Japan is one of the places that really blew my mind, you know, um, in terms of how the country is, in terms of how people are, their culture, um, their etiquettes and everything. It was completely different from what I had actually seen uh, in the rest of the countries as well. Um, mm-hmm. I took up the down, right? I mean, when I went there, I was just so blown away with uh, the kind of manners had anyone everyone and anything at all you know in fact right so that was one thing was even when you are taking like a subway right so people over there they ensure that not being a nuisance to somebody else your fellow passengers you're not causing disturbance to them right so there is no way that you find anybody talking inside of subway 
you will not find anybody who will sort of you know pick a phone call in that subway if somebody has to what is mm. get deadline solution take a phone mm. call and come back in simple as you know maybe you know somebody is listening to music in their earphones right so over there they take so much of extra care not to disturb others that the volume you know the person sitting right next to them also will not be able to hear whatever that you're listening so it's to that extent you know they take care of these small little things even you know in terms of say elevator manners right so you yeah. know random things everybody is in the queue and everybody ensures that you know whoever has the time to still you know uh you know go to the end of the elevator they stick to the left lane and whoever is in a rush even you just get into the subway as well you know some of yeah. these were like just so amazing to see and it's so well connected like it's so well connected and so safe you know there have been times where i've like um, you know stayed outdoors for you know really long hours right and there was not even a single time where i felt that you know this place is unsafe or maybe i have to like reach rush back you know my hotel room yeah. or like that as safe as could be like usually i think when not travel uh, alone i think that's one of the things that keeps ringing in our head right like how safe is this is there something that i need to take care of and whatever else and that day was just so amazing and and i met like whole bunch of um you know helpful kind strangers over there there were many times when you know i've had people actually take me to the nearest bus stop to just let me know that okay this is the one you know because because of the language differences and you know uh, all of it maybe technology was there but not all to as well this today perhaps so you know they've ha- you know taken me to the nearest bus stop waited me to i actually got the right bus and so on so forth right so all yeah. things sort of make you feel that well this is a great place to be right that's what you actually look for right i think you want to experiences yes yes so this was one uh, also tell you about um, south korea as well so, i i actually did uh know that you know i probably will need to have a cash because i wanted to explore all different types of you know public transportation and everything that's something i try to do like mm-hmm. not just uh, you know take a taxi and go somewhere but i also want to explore how is the subways how does you know buses right. work over I there what is it like to walk around yeah that's a yeah. wonderful way yeah, to experience yeah. a place like you absolutely. get the look perfect yeah absolutely so over here um you know your buses usually they give you a pass that was my first time i didn't know about it so i didn't have that bus pass which is almost like you just have to tap it it's like a debit card sort of a thing right you just tap it and set the buses and the amount gets deducted so i wasn't even aware of you know some of the little things until i went inside the bus and i just gave him like the you know bus driver the money and he's like no we probably will need the exact change to put in or you need to have it pass So there there was this girl and said the bus who just offered to like pay my bus fare till my destination like yeah. even though we could not communicate in english and she was trying to translate from korean to english and i was trying to do the same on my phone but then she ended up paying that bus fare and she said no you you should really explore our country you should be happy with you know the entire stay and everything and she didn't even take that money from me right oh. so i feel like some of these things and I've, in the same trip i've had like many elderly folks uh, who i reached out to help asking like where is this bus stop 
where can I like take a bus or some other thing to go from point A to point B? They've actually walked with me and dropped me to the exact place from where I need to be taking like a bus or whatever it is. Oh. And, you know, had a conversation with me about like, you know, what we do in our country, how it is and how, you know, cultures are like pretty similar and all of those things, right? So I think this random act of, you know, um, kindness that you receive from strangers. I think experiences like these help us in connecting to a country in a much better way. Um, so like you told us how kind and helpful people you met in Japan and also similar experiences you had in Korea. So have you had similar nice experiences with strangers in any other parts of the world? Um, yeah, this is again like a very kind stranger that I've met. So this was in the US when I uh, had come to US. And- One of the national parks in US. Uh, Yosemite, we went to Yosemite Park. Yeah. I had my wallet. I don't know how it just fell out of the car or whatever, like in the parking lot itself. And I didn't even realize it had fallen on, like out of my bag and stuff. Yeah. So there, once you start hiking and everything, right, um, you will sort of lose uh, internet or even phone connection and everything beyond a certain point. Right. But luckily, just before I was gonna lose connection, I heard somebody like just call me on my phone. It was like a random number, some US number. Yeah. wondering like who this is and stuff like that it, it was this person who had found my wallet mm-hmm. uh, I had like everything in that you know like my ID card my you know pan cards or whatever the uh, government ID proofs and everything was actually in that and uh, quite a bit of cash as well my debit cards credit cards everything was then in that wallet right so your person tell me that you know are you uh, Surya and you know he looks like you've dropped off your wallet and you know we found it and you know she just gave me the entire story there I, I was just so shocked that you know I've done something else and not liked it and there's this kind of person who's telling me that you know tell me where you are I can come back and pop this thing off to you yeah. like she actually tried to reach because she could not get to my number uh, thankfully I had my business card my uh, wallet right so she tried somebody in my office I tried to find out where in which building I would sit uh, if yeah. she would make the connection with me. So she done all these elaborate things before she had even reached out to me. That I think was just so super kind of her to do this. This incident was about like how this girl uh, you know tried tracing me Mm. And who was staying in power of like place, but then she eventually handed over my wallet with like uh, everything in it, you know. And then I got back to India and we're still in touch. Um, wow. You know, we just tell each other like how things are at our end, you know, like once in a while. It's just this, you know, connection that I formed because, you know, she actually helped me get back my wallet right. in some I think that was incredibly nice of the girl to take the effort and ensure wallet reaches back to you. Um, I think that's that's what the nice side of traveling is. So, um, like we talked about the good side of traveling, but I'm sure you will agree with me that traveling is not all rosy. And sometimes there are some terrifying or scary situations that happen on the road. So do you have any such incidents uh, where you were terrified or scared uh, with the situation that is around you? I do. I do. So this happened during our 
So our first stop was at Nairobi before we went on to Masankara and like other places, uh, Kenya. So yeah. in Nairobi, it was a first day and uh, again, like from Nairobi, so that you have to be a little careful. So to stay in the right places and like that, right? So we were staying very close to the business district of Nairobi, just to make sure that it's all safe and secure and, you know, we don't run into problems uh, or maybe we don't know a lot of things. So we just want to take all precautions. So we were in the business district itself. So yeah. right to, not right opposite, but at least uh, just at a walking distance, there was um, Nairobi's parliament house, just like how we have our parliament in Delhi. So they had the parliament. We thought, okay, we'll just um, take a stroll around. Uh, how Nairobi city it is. So we just went out for a walk and stuff like that. So one thing we had noticed over there was um, in, they have put this don't take photos uh, you know board somewhere in corners which is not very evident for somebody who's just new to the place, right? So we didn't even realize that we took a couple just to the building, nothing else and then we had like a listen like, from the parliament Side come to us and you know they started questioning us and you know, like why is it that taking a picture why are you even here and you know so on and so on it was like the first day there and I I was just wondering okay what did we just get into like because we had not seen that before so that was having the biggest thing and we told them that to stay here this uh, hotel and we gave them that reference we then told them that this is the itinerary, we just landed now and you know we actually had to show them all of it to say that you know we're not up to something like you know <laughs> we didn't know yeah. that we're supposed to take a picture of the parliament so over there you're not supposed to take any pictures of the government buildings okay. so so unless you see those votes it's not very evident so that was one of the things and the second thing that in Africa in Masai Mara was you know we were in this evening safari uh, this was at uh, Nakuru. There's this place called uh, Lake Nakuru, uh, which is famous for flamingos. Uh, oh. Flamingos that you can actually see in one place. And it's also famous for So in Africa, there are like certain places that you need to get to if you want to see like a certain type of animal. Like, for example, if you have a family of elephants, like in hundreds of thousands of them, then you go to Amboseng, right? Okay. If you all the big five there, Mazai Mara, which everybody anyway knows, and the wildebeest, the great migration and everything is in Mazai Mara. To these places, and then we went to Lake Nakuru as well, uh, because we wanted to see the flamingos and the rhinos. There. And this place also lots and lots of um, bison, like what we call as wild bison, or they call as wild buffalo as well. It's like really sturdy ones, and you know, uh, very, very strong they are, right? So one evening they're out on the safari and everything and for some strange reason there are like a whole bunch of them like fighting, like two of them fighting with each other. And we could actually see around 10 to 20 of them doing that, right? So we just stopped our vehicle uh, for a bit and uh, so we would see like what they're doing of that, right? I mean, that's what you essentially do on a safari that you are at a distance just looking at those uh, animals and stuff like that. So, one of them actually turns towards us, and that's when I felt that maybe you know we should move away from this place. Uh, this one seems to be staring at us for some reason, 
we probably should not like paying uh, more attention. Some, something just triggered something in it, right? So while the buffalo was just broken by that it was into, and it chased our car like 200 meters, you know? That, oh my god. Yeah, that was, I think, such a super scary moment for me. I thought, okay, I'm gone today. Like, you know, like, one star to then went well, you know? Like, you know, they're just so, so sturdy and so strong that you know, like, what you can actually go through, right? Because obviously, they're wild animals and we are in their territory. And I've heard of my friends also tell this is where I had a tusker chasing them as well. So, I've not had that experience, but one wild buffalo chase our car <laughs> to a certain distance, right? But I also want to you know, sort of maybe call out here that you know, whenever I've been on these safaris, right, the wildlife safaris, I've seen people do encroach uh, their territory a lot in, in ways that they shouldn't um, yeah. be a little more responsible in the way that they're behaving, uh, especially when you are around these wild animals, right? I've seen Especially in Africa itself, right? That you know, people go very, very close to say that animal, right? People like this line is a private line. They go, they take the vehicle so, so close to them, right? And you, you can just feel. I mean, you know that the animal is actually getting, actually getting irritated a little bit, and it's not really appreciating this kind of a thing, right? And I also yeah. think many kids make so much of noises. Even elders, to that matter, not just kids, right? I mean, you have to be a little responsible when that environment. So, anytime I've seen that happen, I've made sure that um, I let them know that this is not the way that you have to be, you know, uh, go about doing this. And why don't you just maintain some amount of silence over here, right? I mean, if you're here to just view them, just do that. But there's really no need to just get into their boundaries, right? And what is yeah. going to do? I think we're only doing enough damage at least sometimes. I mean, we included like so much of, you know, global carbon footprint that we are causing everything. But I always just, you know, maintain that decorum to these wild animals. Yeah, so I think that's been like some of the things that's Oh my god, I think uh, this experience must have been quite thrilling and scary both at the same time. Um, but I think you also brought up a very important point of realizing the space of an animal uh, and remembering that we are in their territory and that should be respected. So moving on, um, we talked about Japan, Korea, Africa. But tell me, did you try anything adventurous in your travels? Yeah, so uh, this, I think I would credit this to one of my friends who told me, uh, you know, why don't you go and try trekking? You might actually enjoy this. So I'm mm -hmm. out a mountain person, like, uh, why it's nice, but if someone could give me a choice, in beaches and mountains, I would be sitting somewhere, you know. So, come September, my whole goal is to identify, okay, which mountain area am I going to, you know. Like, uh, I just love all the snow-capped mountains and you know, such kinds of things. So, one of my friends, he actually suggested me that I probably might enjoy going for a trek, like a week-long trek, right. So, I let's see, well, I had experience doing this entire trekking. It's not as simple as, you know, you just pack the bag and get on with it, right? You need right. to have a certain amount of fitness 
levels in you. You need to be able to endure the conditions there and all of it. So he did suggest to me like an easy to moderate kind of a trek with Kedar Kadma. Yes, it's Uttarakhand and the foothills of Himalayas, right? So we went over there and it was a week long trek that we did. So I think that has one of the most uh, adventurous things that I think I have done because I didn't know what a trek meant. First and foremost, right? I mean, you do, you do read, you do go through a lot of blogs, but until unless you are actually there, that situation, you don't know what it means to you. So we went to the Skelakanda track, and the very first day itself, I realized it's not as easy because, you know, um, Skelakanda is mostly like ascent. On the very first day, it's like, you know, you ascend, ascend, ascend. There's no such thing as like a flat uh, surface the very first day that you get. So only the second right. day where there's a little flat surface, but until then, you're just ascending. So we had not taken the uh, thing of you were using the mules or the kachars that they're called, right? They carry your bags. There's that option as well. So look, you can carry bags and stuff like that. So yeah. that happened and I was not prepared. I mean, we had done our exercises and were like four months before that. We did reach the point to, you know, properly diligently exercise for four months before our actual trek happened. Uh, but in spite of it, no, it was just huffing and puffing and panting, not only <laughs> like because yeah. tired, right? And you know how these places are, right? It's in the wilderness and you know, you don't have like home connectivity. You won't get any fancy things like Heaters, uh, nothing of that kind, right? I mean, whatever the minus temperature is, you're just putting your jackets and everything. And right. uh, as you're walking and checking, you don't feel that cold at all. As soon as you come to a standstill, that's when you actually feel the cold uh, around you, and you know, that's when it starts, getting, <laughs> right? So, right. you're taking those covered things. Uh, with a small basic tent or the sleeping bag, whatever that you have. Just, mm-hmm. you know, so many other strangers and you have to make the connection with them because you want to stay with them for the next, you know, one week mm-hmm. or anything. Right? I think okay. those things were like a first to me and uh, me as a person like who didn't know what a tech is, it was just that one thing which uh, made me realize that, well, yeah, tech is something that I didn't like. But of course, you need to have a lot more fitness associated with it, right? Because uh, over there, I saw like so many people. Uh, when I was just coming down from the trek and many others going up for it, people in uh, jeans pants, uh, people not yeah. have like a proper trek too. You know, it, it was just something that I felt like how great it is, you know, because. Even a simple, they can get a simple check compared to, of course, the lot of the other ones. But mm-hmm. at least from my experience, it was not a very simple one. At least when you're in the mountain shoulder and you have to ascend the topmost uh, point of the peak of the mountain, uh, there are still places where you could lose. And because I go all over, you have to use the spike tools to. Uh, go up to the mountain base, it's not that yeah. easy. And you know, you just get some random 
tools and you know or you know your outfit and everything right it has to be meant uh, for a trek so i think that's something we should be a little conscious of mainly for their own security and safety purpose right, right? so yeah that was something that i noticed <laughs> yeah and i think when we were there because i know it was in december that we went the temperatures were like anywhere between minus or uh, 12 to minus 18 that's how it was like that waiting and the day i was at the top we had like a bit of a snowstorm as well and the temperatures actually went up to like minus 20 or minus 22 uh, if i remember correctly so it was like insane kind of for me like somebody who has never done maybe there are few people who been into this for a long time and they, they might not it, but for me like uh, for the very first time it did uh, teach me a lot on you know how it was <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I think uh, be it like a summer trek or a winter trek uh, for those who wanting to explore something like this, this is absolutely like wonderful. You know, um, like I told you, I just love snow-capped mountains. So December was the time for me to go there. Especially, I think uh, Jurassic Park. That was the first base uh, point for us. You know, uh, before we moved up to the next level, I don't think I've seen any. As amazing, you know, like till today, it's like I went there yesterday. Did there, um, the the Jurapa Talab, the Talab itself, the form, what it is, right? Completely, right. Frozen, completely frozen, and you can actually walk on top of that lake. It's it's that cold, you know. And of course, you have uh, you know, he's all around you. You have fawn, and of course, anybody who tries to know that you know you have a lot of doggy friends. Who's followed the trekkers, right? And yes. you know, with you. So my fondest memory of those dogs uh, at Jurapa Talab. Um, of course, I had my husband with me, so that was such an amazing thing. And you know, whatever food they gave, it was the most basic, simple food that they had given, but it just felt like, oh, this is just comfort food, you know. And I think right. I have best time. You don't even actually see those clear skies and the stars and everything, right? Just like what yeah. but a fairy books and scenes somewhere. Oh, uh, I think that has been like one of the most fondest memories ever to date. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, uh, Juraka Talab has its own charm. Whether you go in winters or you go in summers, it doesn't matter. That place is incredibly beautiful. So you tried uh, trekking in the adventure travel. Any other treks on the cards? Oh, I really wish. I really wish this uh, COVID thing settles down soon and uh, we're all in a much safer environment. I really hope that happens. Then I do wish that you know, I can go on treks. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not all in this situation. But yeah, hopefully it. Hopefully, hopefully the situation gets better and we all can get back on the road. So this brings us to the end of our talk. I had an amazing time speaking to you, Surya, and enjoying your travel stories. Thank you so much for coming on Dastai Rahi. Uh, it was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. It was really, really nice talking to you. <laughs> Thank you for joining, and I'll see you again. Another wonderful traveler. Till then, stay safe. Bye bye. Take care.